Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so <clears throat> i've been playing a ton of mass effect lately uh ever since i so i heard see a stars i finished the first mass effect and that game is a lot shorter than i remember it being back in the day i haven't played it in at least 10 years i think more than that for me. I mean, I played through it that yeah. one time when it first came out. And that was, what, like 2007, 2008 mm-hmm. <clears throat> when that game came out. And I remember it being pretty lengthy. I beat it in like six hours, I think, five, six hours. I think the main storyline only has like five quests in it. <laughs> I was done. I'm just like, okay, that was a lot shorter than I remember it being. Uh, you got me wanting to play Mass Effect again. Dude, two is still so good. I'm like, yeah, it's it's the best hours. one of the trilogy in my <laughs> I'm, opinion. I'm like twelve hours into Mass Effect two, and I'm just like, I haven't even done a quarter of the stuff I'm supposed to do. Uh, that's awesome. No, I you can't ever go wrong with Mass Effect. So good. If you've never played the Mass Effect trilogy and you have Game Pass, there's no excuse why you're not playing those games. And I love how they went back and they completely redid the first game to make it easier, like the combat more like the second game. And they fixed the, um, oh shoot, not the Warthog, um, the the landing vehicle. I forgot what they called it in the game. I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah. That thing was atrocious the first time. And on back on the 360, that thing was so hard to control. Yeah, I I do remember that. Like I said, it's been a long time since I played the original Mass Effect, but, you know, that, that's the cool thing about these games being re-released on, like, Game Pass or, mm-hmm. you know, if they're remasters or anything like that, that you can go back and tweak those little little mm-hmm. flaws to, to make it better. Sometimes the flaws are good, but stuff like that, yeah, you, you want to go back and fix that. I don't know how much remastering they did on, uh, on 2 and 3, but, man, 2 looks great. Now I'm just going to be thinking about Mass Effect for the next several days. I was thinking, is, has Mass Effect been around long enough for me to do a review of it? No, it's still got a couple more years before it's considered retro. That, that'll that be a big show when yeah. we review Mass Effect. Oh, dude, I love those games so much. We we might have to slate an hour and a half <laughs> for that. More than that. Probably, that's going to be a two, three hour show right there. Yeah. 
but uh, just what have cut you out been... the news, all of it. Yeah. What have you been playing this week? Uh, for the most part, I've been playing um, the game I'll be reviewing later on, which is a Goof Troop mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo. Dabbled a little bit back into Harvest Moon and a little bit of Sonic Superstars. I'm really just now getting into like a, a routine again, you know, with me being sick now twice this year and being really busy with work. It's like next to impossible to really sit down and get immersed into a game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just those three for the most part. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we were talking before the show. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do next week. I'm thinking I might do, um, uh, since I did the original Captain America and the Avengers for the NES, and that was a pretty decent game, I think I might dive into the Super Nintendo version of the game and see how that fares. So I think that might be what I do next week. I may, If I have time this weekend, I might stream a little bit of it too, if I have some time to do it. Yeah, I you know me, I always like talking Marvel, even yeah. if the game's not great. Yeah, you know, it's still fun to to talk about that universe. We had somebody a few weeks ago, it may have been Mushmouth, but if it wasn't, you know, whoever it was can correct me. Um someone asked if uh we had reviewed Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door. Mm-hmm. Um we haven't yet. I know the remake the remake is coming out I think at the end of March. Yeah. So around that time, I was planning to to review the original because we are at the twenty year mark. Wow. For that game, <laughs> I know it's nuts. That's uh, I don't like that. <clears throat> I don't like I don't, that at all. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. So I I'll review that around the time the remaster comes out because that'll give me time to really. Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door is not a short game, so. Yeah. I'll need a little bit of time on that one. I'm pretty sure the Xbox 360 came out in 2004, didn't it? If it did, the Xbox 360 is now considered retro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, the look on your face. Just, just, <laughs> just go ahead and put me in my grave. Yep. We're almost there, buddy. <laughs> before we yeah. do that, we got some news to get to. We're ready to get to the news before we die. <laughs> Let's do it. Nobody sent us any news this week, so I had to dig these up myself. But if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first story comes from segabits.com. 11, yes, 11 prototype builds and design documents for canceled Vector Man PS2 sequel found and preserved. Uh, Vector Man is a name well regarded by fans of the Sega Genesis Mega Drive, and its sequel were hallmarks of that console's Twilight Years. Um, let's see, the original developer of the two Genesis game, Blue Sky Software, had envisioned a second sequel on the Saturn that never came to pass, and other developers have wanted to bring Vector Man to the Dreamcast and beyond. The ill-fated sequel that came closest to fruition was the PS2 game being worked on by Pseudo Interactive, uh, the creators of Full Auto 2006 and Full Auto 2 Battle Lines, both of which were published by Sega. Um, they announced a new Vector Man title for the PlayStation 2, simply known as Vector Man, in April of 2003, with intent to release the following year. The news of the game's cancellation came before 2003 even ended in November, uh, despite a positive showing at E3 earlier that same year. Uh, let's see. The, um, this was, uh, let's see, P, blah, blah, blah. What thankfully did survive was a bunch of prototype and press builds, art, and documentation on the game, which was all just found and preserved by Combi Laurent on his preservation website, Sega Dreamcast Info Games Preservation. And uh, there is a bunch of stuff. He came across two different versions of Vector Man 3. Um, <laughs> one of the various prototypes was Doug Vector Man 3.14 Pi, uh, being one that many people have not seen before. The early idea for the sequel, um, the one most people have seen a bit before, is dubbed Halo-like, and it was made to more closely emulate Halo, um, and that actually would have been pretty cool. I think that would have been the right direction to go with, because, you know, in the early days of Sega, I still remember this like it was yesterday. Back when Sears was still around, they used to have their gaming section, Mm -hmm. and I remember they would have a Super Nintendo and then next to it was a Sega Genesis. And on the Sega Genesis, more often than not, the game that you could play was Vector Man. Yeah. 
and and I reviewed it a while back on the show, and I, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like a middle of the road game for me. But it's a fun game to play, though. It, it's it's got yeah, it is cool graphics. It's got pretty good gameplay, but I found it to be a little difficult myself. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I would have actually liked to have seen what they could have done with putting Vector Man in a three D world. Yeah, it may not have worked out, but. I mean, you're not going to know that unless you attempt it. Yeah. Eh, it's cool that all this stuff got found. I love it when they find stuff like this and, and preserve it for future generations. These are my favorite stories to talk about yeah. on the show where people find this, you know, these unreleased games or, you know, concept art or anything like that and, and get it preserved. And I love it when they find them in like weird places like that one we talked about where the guy found that game. What was it like a junkyard or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you just come across that type of stuff? I feel like that's just fate. Yeah. Like that was meant to happen. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com. Hamster Corporation celebrates 400 arcade archives titles on the Switch. Uh, it seems like yesterday Hamster was only celebrating its 100th Arcade Archives release, but it's now actually 400 <laughs> into its retro revival. I had no idea that they, they had this, that many, this many on the Switch. <laughs> That's surprising. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, they shared this milestone in a brief post on social media earlier before noting how Rainbow Islands was its latest game to arrive on the Switch and the PS4. This marks the end of 2024's January release window, which also included Mighty Gun, Cosmo Game the Puzzle, and Super Contra. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a, a link to the, the Twitter post in this article. But um, yeah, this, that's insane. I know. 400 titles. That's, <laughs> that's a heck of a milestone. Yeah, I, it is. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think there was 100 I didn't either. Switch. I mean, I see it in the in the Switch store all the time, yeah. the arcade archive stuff, but I didn't know they had 400 titles. That's nuts. That is nuts. It, it makes me want to, you know, kind of dive deeper into see yeah. what's see what all they have. I know. There's no telling what they have in there. Cuz they have um what a Donkey Kong and a Super Mario Brothers one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the original, the original arcade titles. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, this next one is from GameInformer.com. Actually, uh, Wally sent us a, <laughs> a link to this the other day. Um, Super, was it Wally or was it Joey? Because we have a, a group text going on. I want to say it was Wally. Oh, it was Wally because he said because we were talking about uh, they had announced that Super Nintendo World's coming to Florida, and we're like, that's the worst yeah. kept secret ever. Yeah, everybody knew this was going to happen. Uh, from GameInformer.com, but you can pretty much find this everywhere on the internet. Super Nintendo World comes to Florida in Universal's new Epic Universe theme park next year. Uh, they've opened the first Super Nintendo World in Osaka, Japan in 2021. Uh, the one in the U.S. was opened up in Universal Studios Hollywood last year in California. And now there's one in development at Universal's Orlando Florida Complex, which contains Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and the water park Volcano Bay. To, uh, Nintendo announced that Super Nintendo World will open next year as part of Epic Universe, Universal's third non-water theme park in Orlando. Uh, it will contain five immersive worlds. One of them is Super Nintendo World, and the other four parks are Celestial Park, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic, How to Train Your Dragons, Isle of Burke, and Dark Universe. Um, let's see, and, and the, uh, the How to Train Your Dragon, Super Nintendo, and Harry Potter lands are self-explanatory, but Celestial Park will be a celestial-themed entrance area to Epic Universe, and Dark Universe will be themed around Universal's classic monsters like Frankenstein and more. I don't know what I'm more excited cool. about, the Universal Monsters or Super Nintendo World? That Universal Monsters part could be really, really cool. Oh, Dude, be... the stuff they could do for Halloween. Oh, oh my God. And Wally was telling us something about um, they're actually doing um, like Frankenstein's Laboratory. And isn't it going to be like a restaurant or something oh, like that? That'd be... Oh, that would be so cool. I think that was Wally telling me about that. Like, I'm so like, just I, I want to live there. That's just where I want to live from now. I'll just move there. I'll live in a broom closet. I don't care. <laughs> 
we should all save up and do like a nerd cave retro trip. Wouldn't that be awesome? Park. Oh, I would love that. Get <laughs> Joey to fly down. So crank up your Patreon uh, <laughs> uh, subs, and we'll we'll take that money, and we'll all go to Universal. Yeah, like all of these sound really cool. Like you know, like How to Drain Your Dragon is a fun movie, so I'm excited to see that. I have a um, th- I have something to admit. I've never seen any of those movies. Oh, uh, they're they're great. I know they're good. I've just never gotten around to it. You should do yourself a favor and and check those I out. I know. Um, I, I will say this. So there is a Super Nintendo World in California, and I'm going to be going to California in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And California. yesterday we bought our tickets to go to Super Nintendo World. Every time you say California, you have to say California. California. I just watched that like two weeks ago, just because it yeah. was on. It was on Plex, and I was just like, eh, I'm gonna watch this. Uh, that movie has a very underrated soundtrack. By uh, the way, I was listening to it the other day. Mm-hmm. I listened to it too the day after I watched the movie. I listened to the soundtrack. I was like, man. I miss Send when me movies... an angel. <laughs> and we just lost like over half yeah. of our fan base. <laughs> uh, let's see. Our last story comes to us from AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Sega of America lays off 61 employees in QA localization departments. Let's see. Uh, the layoffs go into effect on March 8th. The Twitter account of the Allied Employees Guild improving Sega. Uh, revealed on Wednesday that Sega of America is outsourcing its quality assurance department and part of its localization departments, terminating several jobs as a result. The company will lay off 61 employees on March 8th. The series of posts stated that the workers' union was able to more than double the number of saved jobs and to offer severance to our temp workers. Uh, Sega has not made any announcements regarding the layoffs. you, You hate anybody to lose their job yeah this is uh this has been going around a lot in the gaming industry the last couple of weeks blizzard activision laying off a bunch of people i think microsoft laid off a bunch of people discord laid off a ton of people um and i think twitch also laid off a bunch of people like i don't like this um let's just why why are people so against unions because these companies like especially microsoft Microsoft has like a $4 trillion market cap. Like why they have so much money. They don't know what to do with. Why are they laying people off? Uh, I mean, I feel like this discussion could be its own podcast, but yeah, the union thing is, I don't get why companies are so afraid of it, but Uh, I, I just hate, you know, like for anybody to, lose their job you know like a lot of those people i'm i figure it's probably their dream to work for a major developer like a sega or a nintendo and when you lose your job i mean at least they're offering you know severance and temp workers so that's that's at least something yeah but it still sucks though and quality assurance jobs i mean if they get rid of those people does that mean the stuff they have coming out's going to suck because nobody's making sure it's good i mean i don't think that makes for very good quality if you're laying off the quality assurance people <laughs> exactly <sighs> weird yeah i mean that yeah this just sucks yeah i don't like it mm mm uh, and before we go into uh, our this month in gaming history, I want to tell everybody that we are proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action adventure platforms, Globe Glider is for you. Making a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy. Just simply hit the donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner to unlock sweet in-game prizes like the exclusive Nerd Cave Retro Cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And now it is time for this month in video game history. February 17th of 1984, Nintendo launches the initial version of the boxing game Punch-Out! in Japan. Now, have you ever seen the original um, Punch-Out! arcade game? Con, uh, the the actual stand stand up cabinets for Punch Out. I have not seen one in person. 
They were really cool. I would love to actually have one because it had two different screens on it. One where you're in front of you, and then it had another one up high. Um, and they were, it was an awesome machine. I wish I could, I had the money to actually buy one. If I had the money and the space, I would love to have, so you remember how the, like the, the TMNT, the X-Men and like the Simpsons arcades, they had that almost kind of triangle shape. Yeah. It would be cool to get four of them and put them <laughs> yeah. like all together to make like a circle. Oh, of that'd cabinets. be cool. Oh, that'd be so awesome. That'd be sick. Invite yeah. all my friends over and be like, let's play something. You got options. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, most people think of, I think, the Mike Tyson's version of Punch-Out! But you know, regardless of which version it is, I mean, Punch-Out! Is, is an iconic 80s video game. Yeah, I think they need to bring it back. They definitely need to bring it back. Yeah. Speaking of other iconic games, February 20th of 1987, Konami releases a little-known game called Contra. Never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, it was... It did okay for itself. Is that the one with Link and Zelda? Yeah, where you play as Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda's the one in green. I mean, who who doesn't love Contra? It's one of the greatest Nintendo... It's the top, the top five must-have games for the Nintendo. And dare I say, one of the greatest covers oh, yeah. of all time. Have we done top five video game covers? No, I don't think we have. We've done, have we done, do we ever do top five worst video game covers? I know we talked about it at one time. I don't, we have to go back and look and see if we did. I don't think we have. So I'm pretty sure Mega Man is on top of that list. Yeah, that's, that's gotta be in like the top three. And there was another one I saw the other day and I don't remember the name of the game. Somebody out there might immediately know what it is, but it's like a space shooter. But it's got like an old man with a banjo on the cover. It's like, what is this? Was this Deliverance the video game? <laughs> like, I don't want to play that. Squeal like a pig, boy. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear down, just run. Yeah, just run. Just turn just turn the game off and run. Uh, February 28th of 1992, Konami releases Contra 3, The Alien Wars for the SNES. Probably one of the hardest Super Nintendo games there is. That game is intense. Yeah, this was on the um, SNES Mini, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I played it for about 10 minutes, and I said, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, there's a special kind of it. person that, that plays that game. Yeah, and I, I am not that. Apparently, February is known for Valentine's Day and releasing Contra games. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, let's see. February 24th of 1995, G-Craft and Squaresoft release... Front Mission for the Super Nintendo. What is Front Mission? It's got a little bit of like a like a Ghost in the Shell anime yeah. kind of cover. I have never I've, heard of this in my life. I haven't either. It's a tactical role-playing game. Huh. Which is interesting. And there was a remake titled Front Mission First Remake, which I was on the Switch. I uh, said uh, there was a DS port renamed as Front Mission was released uh, 2007. Hmm. Yeah, it says uh, there was a um, Front Mission first remake was developed and published by Forever Entertainment for the Nintendo Switch on the tw in 2022 uh, and ports to the PlayStation 4, 5, Windows, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S were released uh, June 30th of 2023. Might you know what the gameplay reminds me of? It looks like those mobile games that I see ads for all the time. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> where you where you play as like an army and you have to go through like a little gate to yeah. <laughs> like double your size. You're being chased by zombies or other yeah. like members of a different army. Might have to go check that out and see if it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, February 4th of 2000, the first annual Dreamcast Championships are held featuring the game Sonic Adventure. I don't remember the Dreamcast championships. When I tell you, I would have loved to have participated in a video game championship, like in yeah. The Wizard, <laughs> when, when you know Jimmy goes to the video game championships, like that. Whether it was Nintendo, Sega, or anything, like just that would have been so cool. I know. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I, if there was the, the if we know anyone that would have been at the Dreamcast Championships, it would have been Joey Image. I wonder if he has been to one. I don't know. I have to ask. I have to ask him. Talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll ask him in our group chat when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, this would have been really cool. I vaguely remember hearing about it back in the day because this wasn't too long after Sonic Adventure came out because I think that came out at the end of '99. Yeah. And last but not least, February 9th of 2004, yes, 20 years ago, Nintendo releases Metroid Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance in North America, which is, of course, a remake of the original Metroid mm -hmm. for the Super Nintendo. It's actually quite fun. You know, I, I, I honestly kind of preferred this to the original. It just yeah. it looks better. It plays a little better. And probably helps you hold your hand a little more, probably, I would imagine. Yeah, it doesn't throw you in the deep end of the pool like the original, where it's like, okay, you figure it out yourself. <laughs> yeah, here, uh, better buy some graph paper so you can remember where you've been. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. Before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shout-outs? Absolutely. We want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Yupfed, a.k.a. Knife, James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Jr. on our Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, the legend, <laughs> Mr. Joey Image, and last but not least, Mama Diamond. Donna Diamond, thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast for as little as a dollar a month. It's cheaper than gas station coffee it's probably cheaper than a pack of gum at this point it's cheaper than a, a, a gas station breakfast biscuit oh don't even get me started on the breakfast biscuits <laughs> i had a bad experience a few weeks ago i'm sure we all have with the gas station <laughs> yeah. breakfast biscuits <clears throat> yeah i bought it opened it up and was like nope <laughs> I, this this looks like death but yeah, for, for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks, like our most recent one, which we did yesterday, if you're mm -hmm. uh, listening to this the day it drops, where we watched a really fun episode of The Real Ghostbusters. As, it was a shorter episode, because we only did one, one episode of The uh, Real Ghostbusters, but man, we had a good time. That was a really fun episode to watch. It was just the right amount of fun banter and actually talking about what we yeah. were watching <laughs> we actually did talk about what we were watching quite a bit usually we just start talking about you know random stuff but this time we actually talked about the episode yeah yeah but we've done so many you know, great commentary tracks including real ghostbusters gargoyles darkwing duck tailspin duck tales full-length movies like transformers the movie clue batman 89 christmas vacation there's a ton of stuff that we've done, and we, we've only scratched the surface because mm -hmm. there's a still a lot of content that we could talk about. We'll so. never get through all the commentary tracks before, no. before we die because we're getting up there. Nope. We're apparently our, we're close to death, Derek. We're close to our, death. <laughs> our ghosts are going to be doing these commentary tracks. Uh, I like to think there's podcasting in the afterlife. I, I, I would hope so. So would we, would we pick up where we left off, or would we have to, like start new huh i don't know we'll have to see what the other side is like if they see if they've yeah. been following along so far if not we may have yeah. to introduce podcasting to the afterlife i think we'd be qualified to do that yeah i think so but yeah if you want to subscribe to our patreon head over to patreon.com slash retro and for new patrons be sure to send us your social media info whether it's twitter facebook or instagram so we can give you a proper shout out Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And tonight, Derek's going to be talking about... a little annoying <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i was a little disappointed when i started the game and i didn't hear the song from the show yeah I, or at least like a like a take on it yeah i don't you know? remember the show i mean i remember the you know the goofy movie and all that but i don't remember the show at all i didn't watch it so goof troop kind of got overlooked because i mean you're competing with dark wing duck mm-hmm. with ducktales and like Goof Troop's not a bad show at all. Like I enjoyed it. I just liked the other ones better. Mm. But it was still a fun show. Uh, so of course I'm going to be reviewing Goof Troop, which is an action adventure video game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, developed and released by Capcom in North America in July of '93. Uh, in Europe, it came out in November 25th of '93, and in Japan, all the way in July of 1994. So a year after is is an unusual flip because normally yeah. Japan would get mm-hmm. games like a year before we would. Yeah. So th- this was a an interesting take hmm. um, as far as the release goes. So growing up, you know, I, growing up in the '90s, I was around so much Disney stuff, like the shows you mentioned, the Goofy movie, um, everything like from The Lion King to Aladdin, and of course, the video games had to you know, be made as well. And there have been some good ones and there have been some not so good ones. Yeah. That's the thing Uh, with the Capcom Disney games back in the day, they were either really good or they were not great at all. And I remember reading about this in magazines. I remember hearing people at school talk about it, but I never played it. And it wasn't like a, a lack of interest. It was just, I had so many other games that, you know, I wanted to play, whether it was my fifth time playing through Earthbound or finding, you know, some random RPG to play. It's one of those that, you know, we've said it before, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. So, and thinking about what I wanted to review tonight, I was looking for something that was just kind of light and fun because 2024 hasn't started off that great. For me with you know being sick and all that kind of stuff i just wanted something that i can just kind of dive in and have some fun and you know it's like you know what i'm gonna play goof troop and I, I i like goofy i like that show yeah so that that was kind of the the logic behind it and looking if you at, will. at the screenshots of the game this has a very star tropics slash uh zelda look to it it's not just the look that reminded me of Zelda. It's a lot like it. <laughs> so I, I'll skip ahead a little bit. So I didn't really know what to expect with this game. I knew it was primarily a co-op because you could play as Goofy and Max together. The story of the game is uh, Pete and his son PJ get captured by pirates. So Goofy and Max uh, go to this uh, island to rescue them. There are only five levels in the game, so it's it's pretty short. Um, and there's some cool varieties too. So like you start out on the beach, um, you go in a volcano. So there it's got some cool environments. And basically what you have to do is solve puzzles hmm. to get to where you need to go. And that's immediately where I'm like, this is a lot like Link to the Past. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you have to do things like, you know how in Link to the Past, you have to find like the hidden button that might be under a pot or you have to kill mm-hmm. all the enemies on screen. Yeah. It's kind of like that with, with, Goof, with Goof Troop. And there are some cool puzzles too, where it's like you have to 
to kick these um blocks that say have like you know the the Mickey Mouse head or some kind of logo on them into certain spots on the screen in order to open the door mm -hmm. to take you to the next area. And I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of cool because I I'm obviously a Zelda fan. I think the puzzle aspect is one of the more fun parts of that series. There's a lot of that in Sea of Stars too, where you got to move oh, certain good. things to different parts of the floor and there's certain ways you have to do it. It's very puzzle solvey type of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So in um in single player mode, you know, you can choose as a uh, goofy to play as goofy or play as Max. There's not a ton of differences between the two. Goofy is slower, but he is more powerful. Whereas Max is like your your fast character. Max is who I chose because I'm more of a fan of the speedy, yeah. faster characters. That's why I use Toad in Super Mario Brothers 2. The, the drawback to that is that a lot of the enemies you fight, so you get different weapons. He <laughs> picks Max because Goofy has become too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh inside uh, my head. Now I just picture Goofy going, unlimited power! Unlimited power! power. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I'm more of a fan of the, the quicker characters, but the drawback to that is that it's harder to kill your enemies. Now, there are a few items you can pick up throughout the game, but the only way you can actually kill the enemies on screen is by picking up objects and throwing them. Hmm. Whether it's, you know, a pot with a plant in it, it might be, like on the beach world, um, you could pick up, like, coconuts or things like that, and you throw them at the enemies. With Goofy, all the enemies, you know, except for your boss fights, take you know, it's one hit KO. Whereas Max, it usually takes two. Yeah. So it it is what it is. Like it, it's, I still prefer Max because Goofy's kind of slow. Yeah. Um, the the items that you use, you've got um, you can find a bell which will distract all the enemies on your screen, a candle which will light up dark areas um a shovel for you to to dig to find you know like because you, you can find um gemstones or different pieces of treasure and if you find a red diamond then that gives you um an extra life yeah so um you also <clears throat> you can also use a plank of wood to make a bridge to get past mm. certain areas but the most interesting one, and this is the other Zelda comparison, there's a grappling hook yep. that you can use. <laughs> I was looking in your notes, I was, and you said in your notes that uh, it's a short game, only five levels, and I don't know, it seems like they could have... Uh, it sounds like the game is actually kind of fun to play, it just they could if they would have spent a little more time with it and made it a little more Zelda-esque and made it a longer, not necessarily an RPG, but just like an action you know, uh, dungeon crawler like that. Like, it, but I don't know. It seems like maybe these Disney games were put together kind of quick back in the day. I think it was more of a, Hey, let's get this out to capitalize on the yeah. popularity of whatever the game is based off of. And I think that's what happened to a lot of these games back then is just trying to get them out the door as fast as possible. And some of them came out great. Like DuckTales is one of the best NES games out there. You know, Lion King, for as hard as it is, is is a great game. You know, and Aladdin, those are great games. Yeah, but Aladdin's great too. There's some that just I even liked the um are bad. I even liked the uh, the Illusion games for yeah. the Genesis. Those were uh, great. With, yeah, with Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Though, like, so there have been quite a few good Disney games, and I I do think this is a good game, but there are some setbacks to it. I do want to say the grappling hook real quick. So you can use it to stun your enemies, or you can use it to say, like, if you need to cross a body of water, and you'll see, like, a hook that's embedded into the ground, you can use it as a tightrope. Hmm. But the first time I used it, it reminded me of the hook shot yeah. from Zelda. And I, I did the, uh, you know, the emoji where it's got, like, the face with the, mm -hmm. the, the yeah. hand <laughs> on the chin. I'm like, hmm. Mm. This seems oddly familiar. Um, I The thing I liked the most about this game, as I said, was the puzzle solving. I think 
as a co-op game, it is a great concept because you can have somebody to play off of mm -hmm. because a lot of these puzzles are built for two people. Like this is built as a co-op game. You can play it as single player, but it takes longer. And some of the puzzles get a little frustrating, not because they're hard, because they wouldn't take nearly as long if you had a second person. Yeah. Or they may have been built for two players and it just, it's kind of rough. Cause I've played games like that before too, where it's meant for two players, but doing it as one person is kind of frustrating, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of where, you know, my initial excitement about the game started to dwindle about 10 minutes in mm. because it just felt very rinse and repeat, you know, like, okay, we're going to solve this puzzle. Each screen has about three or four enemies you have to kill, sometimes more. You get to your boss fights. They're not really that challenging. So I found myself getting a little bored with it. Yeah. But I do think had I had someone to play this game with, it would be a much different story. And I'm not knocking the game at all because I actually like a lot about it. It's just the thing is, it's a co-op game. Yeah, it's and probably it's skewed to a younger audience as well, being Goof Troop, being Goofy, you know, a Disney game. Uh, though, that's not quite the same audience as, as, say, Link to the Past. So you've got a game that's, you know, huge and takes, you know, dozens of hours to finish. Like, I don't, I don't think the age group this is probably intended for is somewhere between 6 and 10, probably, or 11. And I don't think they would have the attention span to play something like a Legend of Zelda. Yeah. One of the differences as far as like, you know, the items that I mentioned um, that you can hold, if you play through the game in single player, you can hold two items at once um, and you can switch between the two. But if you're playing co-op, each character can only hold one item. So if you're playing as both like Goofy can just have the grappling hook and nothing else, and Max can just have, you know, the bell or the candle, yeah, and nothing else. So I, I did like that they at least added that into the single player, so, because the, the items are in just random spots on the map, and, like, something that frustrated me about the grappling hook is when you use it as a tightrope, you, you lose it. Like, you have to find another one. Oh, you can't that just, sucks. Yeah, you can't <laughs> remove the rope after you use it. Oh. But they're, they're fairly easy to find because it's like every other screen you go to, there's some kind of, some kind of item that I you saw can use. a pretty interesting fact here about the game. Uh, it's one of the first games designed by Shinji Mikami, who would go on to be renowned for his work on the Resident Evil series. How do you go from Goof Troop to Resident Evil? <laughs> I was about <laughs> to a, say, that, that's like about as 180 as you can get. That's a leap. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. But I, I think overall, you know, I, I would say definitely give this game a shot if you're a Disney fan. If you like like the action-adventure, puzzle-solving kind of games. If you have somebody to play with you, definitely take advantage of the co-op. Because I, I could see, you know, if I played this game as a kid, if I played it over at a friend's house, we'd play this game all day. Even though the game's short. So you were a lot young. You're, you're a good bit younger than me. Was this a heavily advertised game when you were a kid? Because I think I, I was pretty much, by the time this came out, you know, Goof Troops on TV, I'm not really watching, you know, the Disney afternoon stuff like I was when I was, you know, younger. The, you know, I was almost in, you know, a senior in high school by this time. So I was not paying attention to any of this stuff. Right. Um... As far as the game, I just remember seeing it talked about in the magazines. I don't remember seeing any commercials for it. Not to say that there aren't, but I don't remember it being like advertised that heavily. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember because I just, I mean, I, I do remember this game because I've seen it here and there, uh, the actual game cartridge. But I don't remember seeing any kind of advertisements for it or anything. But you know, I do remember uh, like DuckTales and Tailspin, Mickey Mouse Capade, all that kind of stuff back for the NES. You couldn't buy a comic book 
a magazine or anything without seeing an advertisement for those games. That makes me want to dig out my old uh, Sonic comic books from mm -hmm. the early to mid 90s because I remember seeing advertisements for for games back then. Yeah. But you know that this this game was pretty highly acclaimed not just with reviews but you know with people that like I know that played this game loved it and even searching for reviews on it on various websites you know like most underrated Super Nintendo games this is pretty consistent hmm. with being on it and I and I can understand it like it, it truly is a fun game it's just one of those that you kind of wish there was more. Well, there's one reviewer here that actually kind of, kind of like what you were saying. He he said, uh, what was his name? Andy Green of Nintendo Life said, Goof Troop is an absolute gem of a game when teaming up with a friend in multiplayer. It might be short and the gameplay may be simple and the puzzles are easy, but there's no dying. It's an, no denying it's an incredibly enjoyable experience when both members of the troop are on screen. And that that's, I think that boils it down perfectly is, you know, that this is meant to be a co-op game. Like with Mario Kart, yeah, you can play single player and it's still fun, but it's so much more fun if you have people to play it with. And then some of the other uh, reviews, uh, consoles plus gave it 90% electronic gaming monthly gave it 31 out of 40. Nintendo Life, 7 out of 10 stars. Nintendo Power, 3 point... Why do they gotta be so specific with this? 3.525. <laughs> that is... You can't just say 3.5. <laughs> like, oh, it was just... It was just so a... much better that we had to give it another, like, three decimal points. Increment incrementally better than a 3.5. That's so stupid. And Nintendo Player gave it 4 out of 5 stars. I'm gonna say overall... I think this did a very good job of capturing the fun of the Goof Troop universe. I think it would be a great co-op game. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I believe everything that I've heard about it as far as how great of a co-op game. And now that I've played the single player, I can I could definitely see that. I wish there were maybe three, at least three more levels to play. Yeah. I think if you got eight that would be an okay number. Yeah, um, it seems the, like, you know, the story's kind of cool. These games were, you know, 50, 60 bucks back in the day, and that's a lot to pay for five levels at the time. Yeah, yeah. But overall, this is just from the single player. I would give it, I'd give it a six and a half. That's not bad. I think it looks good. The music's okay. Like, it, there's some of it that's catchy, but it gets very repetitive. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I I enjoyed Goof Troop. This I think it was just the kind of game that I needed. Just something, you know, you don't have to really think a lot about. You can just kind of dive in. Yeah. Pick it up pretty quickly and and have fun. That's the thing about Capcom games. I mean, they've always been known for having at least great graphics. It may not be a great game, but the graphics are going to look good. Yeah, it's a really good-looking Super Nintendo game. Well, all right. Well, I, I'm actually kind of interested in giving it a try. Just, you know, just to go through it and see what it's like. Because I do, I, I really do like the way this game looks. Like the screenshots and everything. Because it, it looks like a nice little game. Like, it's got, it's not ugly. <laughs> like some, you know, there's a lot of games that just look bad as they age. But, you know, a lot of the Capcom games just look great. When you know with Capcom, you're more likely than not going to get a good quality product. Yeah. And I'm just interested because the, the resident evil connection, I want to see if there's any kind of like any kind of gameplay, you know, like tendons there. You'd be much more qualified to answer that than me. It'd be weird to be playing goof troop and be like, Oh, they brought that over to the resident evil game. Yeah. <laughs> Gorsh. Gorsh. Well, cool. Um, like I said, uh, next week, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be doing. I'm more than likely going to be doing Captain America and the Avengers for the SNES. So that might be what next week's game <clears throat> is going to be. And um, so what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience? Yeah, so if you haven't yet, you can check out my last episode where I talked with legendary actor Bruce Davison. 
who's been an actor for more than 50 years and uh, has acted with uh, the greats from Lucille Ball all mm-hmm. the way to uh, the greatest actor of our generation, Hugh Jackman, in the original <laughs> X-Men movie. That was a good interview, uh, too. I just listened to it the other day. Oh, I appreciate that. No, he was he was cool. He was really cool. So, um, yeah, you can check out uh, previous episodes if you want to leave me a review. Um, follow me on social media. You can go to linktree.com slash Podcast. And uh, the Open Micers podcast, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, uh, my usual co-host Jacob couldn't be there because he had the flu, so Derek joined me. And we did a, an episode of Headliners where we talk about the weird and wacky headlines for January 2024. And we, whew, there was some weird stuff happened last month. I'm not going to lie, that was one of the most fun podcasts <laughs> I've done in a while. Yeah, that, we it had was, a blast. It was really, really fun. Go check that out, openmikers.com, at openmikers on Twitter and Instagram. And Derek, is that it for this week? I think so. Well, let's go ahead and walk out the door. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That takes you to all our socials, our Patreon, our merch shop. We've got a uh, cash app button up there, a PayPal button if you don't want to be a patron, but you want to throw us a little cash, a little cold hard cash, you can do it just like that. Or ncrmerch.com takes you straight to our merch shop where you can get t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us both on social media at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And if you can't give us any money through Patreon or anything like that, leave us a review. That helps us out a lot wherever you listen to the show. Leave us a review and or a five-star rating, and that helps out the show immensely. But Derek, please tell them what it's all about. <laughs> Master Blaster runs by the town. Hey Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right, Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself, or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut-flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce-flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.